Hi, this is Anne Mary Mullane for Sunday to Sunday Witness. I would like to introduce you to Father Matt Pennington, the pastor of the Nativity of Our Lady Catholic Community in San Luis Obispo, California. Father Matt is also featured on a Sunday to Sunday video episode that you may enjoy from our website. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The ruler sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. In the 1970s, the world's most eligible bachelor was Charles, the Prince of Wales. And while he was dating, he was affiliated with many beautiful and very influential women. But in the end, um, he selected for his wife uh, a young English girl who was um, unknown, uh, named Lady Diana Spencer. The press immediately dubbed her Shy Di. Because when they would try to capture her and photograph her, she would duck her head and she would run from them. She went from being someone who was completely unknown to someone who was being gazed upon by the entire world in a matter of a moment. She became the wife of the Prince of Wales and potentially the future Queen of England. Just like that. She was tall and lovely and she loved clothes And initially, she was really thought of as a fashion icon. But as she began to discern her identity, she realized she wanted to be known for more than that. That she wanted to be known for someone who was working toward humanitarian efforts and advocacy. She was very famously photographed visiting an AIDS hospice and taking the hand of an AIDS patient at a time when that was considered taboo. She went to nursing homes and orphanages. She traveled to India to meet with Mother Teresa and they walked the streets of the slums together and she shook hands with the untouchables. Before she died, she went to Angola and she put on a helmet and she walked through a minefield so that she could bring awareness to the dangers that were existing in that country. She wanted to be of service. She wanted to use her notoriety in order to help make the world a better place. And I think that 
that's what we are imagining when it comes to royalty. That we would like to think that they are here to be of service to the people that they serve. Now, here in the United States, our ancestors eschewed the whole idea of royalty. But we have our own royal families, do we not? We have our professional athletes, we have our movie stars, we have our political figures. And I think that we are intrigued by what they're wearing and the clothes that they have, the combs that they possess, the trips that they take, the, the glamorous lifestyles that they embrace. But what we're hoping, I believe, is that they will use their notoriety to somehow bring a greater awareness, to use it to a bigger purpose or a greater good. For example, when we see a professional athlete who goes to a, a cancer ward for children, there's something in us that feels good about that, right? That they're using their gifts and their talents and their, their notoriety to somehow elevate the condition of the world. That they are being of service to humankind. And I believe, everybody, that that is one of the reasons why the church has identified Jesus as king. Jesus is Christ the king. Because he comes from this royal line of David... But because his entire life is one of service, humility, the desire to in some way enlighten, heal, encourage, forgive, bring hope. His entire existence is really an attempt to improve the condition of the world. And for that, we say he, he's on a separate plane of existence. He is Christ the King, not because of riches, not because of entourages, but because of the level of service and sacrifice that he exhibits in his life. Now, what you may not be conscious of is that you are a part of this royal lineage of Jesus. It comes to you through your baptism. When you were baptized, and if you actually have witnessed me baptizing infants here at Mass, you'll note that there is a moment in the baptismal rite where I take the chrism oil and I anoint the crown of the baby's head and then I anoint their forehead. And I say to them, with each one of those anointings, you are priest, prophet, and king. Priest, prophet, and king. Every single person baptized has that identity. You are priests. You are baptized into the royal priesthood of Jesus Christ. Which means that you are affiliated with a power and with a lineage that is greater than your own. You are prophet. Which means that you can see things that every other person cannot see. And you are endowed with a prophetic voice. Which you are meant to use to speak of courage, of hope, of love, of forgiveness, of mercy. And you are king in that you are meant to be of service to the world. Priest, prophet, king. That's who you are through your baptism. You're meant to use that power and that identity for the good of the world. You are meant to be of service with whatever time you have. Jesus only had three years and he changed the world. So do you see yourself that way? Do you understand that in spite, of, in spite of your insecurities or in spite of your past or in spite of your own feelings of inadequacy, that you are a priest and a prophet and a king and you are given great, great powers to be utilized in ways 
that can elevate the human condition. Will you use that power? Will you? I've been reading this um, this book of poems. It was given to me recently as a gift by Mary Oliver. She's a um, very, very popular American poet um, right now. And she writes very beautifully. And probably one of her most famous poems is this poem called The Summer Day. I'm going to read the end of it for you. I'm going to read it twice so you can really soak it in. Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I hope you enjoyed this episode from the homilies of Father Matt Pennington. His homilies provoke reflection, inspire, and entertain. If you would like to hear more from him, you could visit fathermattshomilies.podcastpeople.com. A link to Podcast People is also included in our show notes. This is Anne Mary Mullane for Sunday to Sunday Witness from Kearney, New Jersey.